1: It is BFM 89.9. Good afternoon and welcome to the all-new Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. Of course, I'm Richard Bradbury. I've been away for quite some time, so a happy new year to those of you who are just hearing me for the first time in a while. Now, today we'll be exploring the state of tech and the digital economy and what to expect, I guess, in 2024. So yesterday, uh, the Malaysian government launched the... uh, Pangala Data Utama, the Padu, a centralised database of citizens and permanent residents with the aim to streamline data across governmental departments for efficient management and utilisation. Concurrently, the Transport Ministry announced that starting February 1st, Malaysians can renew their driver's licence and road tax through the MyJPJ app. These are all good initiatives, albeit amidst concerns with data privacy and data breaches amongst various government agencies, financial institutions, social media platforms and private corporations alike. In 2023, Malaysia also saw significant developments in the tech sector. Key highlights include the rise in digital investments with over 30 established data centers, the launch of Malaysia's Digital uh, Malaysia Digital to enhance the nation's digital capabilities and boost the digital economy. 2023 also saw substantial progress in 5G deployment across Malaysia with major telcos Celcom and Maxis expanding coverage and launching new 5G plans. Government initiatives like the National Digital Network aim to bridge the digital divide and improve rural connectivity, fostering digital inclusivity and growth. We saw the PDPA come into effect in July, prompting businesses to adapt to stricter data privacy regulations. The Securities Commission released a regulatory framework for digital assets, recognising the potential of cryptocurrencies and blockchain tech while establishing safeguards for investors. All in business – sorry, AI in business was also big news, with businesses across various sectors increasing, adopting AI-powered solutions for automation, optimization, and data-driven decision-making. So what else made it to the year that was 2023? And what is in store, more importantly, for us to look forward to in 2024? If you have any thoughts, you can WhatsApp our U-mobile number at 018-789-8899, or you can get us on X at BFM Radio. Now, in conversation with us today on what made it big or not in 2023 in the Malaysian tech and digital economy, and to give us a glimpse into the 2024 crystal ball, are Ong Chin Xiong. Chairman of the National Tech Association of Malaysia, PCOM, and Amin Ashari, the CEO and co founder of Soya Chin Chow. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Hello, Richard. Thanks for having us. Uh, happy to be here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Awesome. Thank you, Richard. Now, uh, Happy New Year. I seem to have gotten through an awful lot there. I mean, do we need to talk anything else? I mean, there's, a, there's a long list, right? But let, let's kind of look at how, um, I guess, How did the Malaysian digital economy perform in 2023? Did it surpass targets in terms of GDP contribution? Uh, And I guess how much did e-commerce, fintech, and other key sectors contribute?
2: Yeah, I think I can maybe contribute this question. Yeah. Uh, In fact, Malaysia as a country was doing very well in 2023. We are touching uh, as although the statistic report have not been. Come out, but uh, Pekong Market Research Team uh, forecasted that the country is doing about twenty contribute twenty four point four percent of the GDP. Wow. Uh, for the Malaysia, Mm-mm. so which is growing about nine point two percent from the uh, the previous year. Uh, to, uh, yeah, from previous year to about four hundred and twenty eight point eight. Billion Ringgit Malaysia contribution. So So not a small amount then? Oh, it's a big (laughs) amount. Uh, And um, then what for the investment, uh, we can see that just you have mentioned about data center. There are 30 data center have been uh, making announcement of the big investment coming in for Mm. the data centers, cloud investment, and also the AI compute centers. Mm -mm. And uh, we also see AWS mentioned about the Starling yeah. uh, coming in. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, by the uh, this uh, uh, Elon Musk uh, on the Starling on side. On the yeah. side, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean,
0: anything to contribute to that? <laughs> I concur. I think it's a good mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. Uh, for for the digital economy. It's a good year for. For dig- for technology um, mm. in Malaysia overall, uh, we've been covering very closely the EV space. For example, uh, when when EV started coming into Malaysia, I was uh, actually skeptical. I I, I gave uh, a two to three years runway for EVs to be mainstream in, in the country, but uh, within uh, within just twelve months, we see now a difference. So mm. before we had less than maybe. 20 models available in in Malaysia. Now we have over 70 electric vehicle models um, available for purchase in Mm, Malaysia and and they're getting cheaper and cheaper. So that opens up a huge potential for for a lot of of things to happen. And good competition as well. And and it's not easy, uh, mind you, because when you're buying a car... Yeah. Um, people are very particular about a brand. So, you know, you want to buy a brand from a Japanese make, for example. But with EV, people seem to throw that out of the window and say yeah. it doesn't matter whether it's from a Chinese company, whether it's from the US. Um, I... Uh, people are really interested to
1: try the new technology and it seems as though it, it's mainly the Chinese that are driving it for, excuse the pun driving <laughs> it forward because they're bringing in so many different models and i do you think it's uh, it, normally you know being brand agnostic mm. um, for something like is it because the tech is so new that people are like i don't really care so much where the tech is coming from do you think well it's uh, it's a couple of things number one is
0: is government uh, government's initiative Rain, they're providing yeah. a, a lot of uh, tax breaks yeah. for buying EVs yeah. uh, number two um, the brands themselves are coming in so it's their initiatives coming in bringing uh, accessible models 10 year uh, warranties on some of yes, these vehicles uh, as well and 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 um, and infrastructure. So you see, industry like Petronas coming in with Gentari, mm. and they're building. I think they've already crossed the two hundred or three hundred uh, charges mm. uh, in Malaysia in in the span of less than a year or a year and a half. And I yeah. think that's amazing. Yeah. So and it's not easy because this is infra things that you have to go out and build. And 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 they're doing it. So yeah.
1: it's it's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So what do you think then for twenty twenty three? Were some of the defining trends in 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 this space. Mm.
2: I believe your question are the uh, defining trends on business side. Yes. Okay, I think what we see is the AI, uh, artificial intelligence and this uh, automation actually continues to gain traction uh, in the various sectors. This uh, uh, healthcare, finance, manufacturing and even Uh, software programming and today you see government side is also uh, preparing that the Padu platform was just announced uh, two days ago by the Minister of uh, Economy. So it's something that uh, on the AI side is playing a very big role in this area defining the trends. And I would say AI, in fact, uh, for the past uh, few past six months, what the experts say is it grow 10x in every six months. Yeah. So it means that the next six months, another 10x. Mm. So mm. in a year, it's 100 times of the growing. So you can see that there are recently, uh, in fact, PICOM have been organized, the PICOM Leadership Summit in the November last year. And um, MCDC, that is a Malaysia-China Digital Corporation, had announced they will have a uh, 100 billions of the uh, investment coming into Malaysia mm. uh, to build AI compute centers, data centers, and yeah. also green energy.
1: Now you see it for me. Yeah. I, I thought that i i mean i was speaking about ai practically every day last year you you will have heard some of these shows <laughs> almost every day almost every show whether it was you know uh, open for business whether it was tech talk whether it was shows like this every single day ai was mentioned one way or another and now i'm thinking this entire year is going to be the same isn't it you know uh, maybe i have to mention it twice this mm. forthcoming year because it's changing and expanding yes. so rapidly yes. i don't know how to keep up anymore
0: Mm. Yeah, well, I think uh, I have to it's... read your website. More often, you know? <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. I think it's 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 a defining moment. Yes, AI. Uh, I think that's that's true. Yeah, yeah. but what what is um, I, I think we all we all have to be careful with is what can the tool do for us. That's a key word. Yes, and mm. and and people mm. have you know we speak to different people and they have different understanding of what AI can do. Yeah, mm. and it, it's. Um, we we have to like really define what the impact is and what's what's the useful what's the what's the utility of having mm-hmm. such a tool. Mm. For now, people are just using it to write stories to to just do funny things. I mean, you go into GBT, you go into Bart. Um, and there's another tool from from Microsoft as well that you can do different artwork. Mm. There's not real. There's no real utility there at this point in time. Mm. So it's I guess for this year is for us to really define. Uh, what we can do with AI and how it's going to help our lives. Mm, mm. And b- because of that, I think the other defining thing that's happening in 2023 and now it's coming into 2024 is uh, the Malaysian public in general has now increased their understanding and heightened awareness of data privacy and their digital persona online. Mm. Um, previously, I think towards the early of last year, Uh, And and before that, people seem to not care of what they put in uh, online, whether it's on Facebook or whether it's on their phones. They seem to not, they they are nonchalant about what data I give and what data I provide. What has happened throughout the year last year was a lot, a number of government agencies have had serious data breaches. And until today, no one has been held accountable for these data breaches. So that has put Malaysians to, ha- to have their data in their hands. Because what's going to happen in 2024 with digitalization is a lot of um, information is required for you to uh, enjoy subsidies, for you to get access to certain things mm. from the government. Mm. And even you know businesses are going to need uh, your digital persona, digital data. Mm. Mm. And that just means that it's very easy to to duplicate and to trick and to
1: scam people and 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 just leaves you exposed and when you are encouraged by the government to sign up for these things yes. you know that is i mean they're encouraging you to do it but you many Malaysians are now thinking well do i really need this is my data worth what it is that I'm getting from the government mm.
0: yes yeah, yeah, they and they need to be aware that their data is worth a lot more than what correct. they think correct and 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 uh, for me what I'd like to push is that that awareness is 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 heightened and 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 people are really aware and they are really careful because mm. it's crazy. I see people having their passwords uh, on their desktops in uh, post-it sticky on the, notes on the not- yep. notepads on their desktops, yep. and then they're, they're nonchalant about it. Yep, so yep, yep. with di- digitalization and what's going to happen in 2024 with AI, with EVs, with with subsidies. The key component in making all this happen is making sure that our data is safe, mm. our data is secure. Mm. And there's, there's only so much on a personal level that we can do
1: to keep our data secure. Mm. But the government has to play a role as well. Okay. Just before we take a break then, uh, CS, I want to ask you, what do you think were some of the more impactful government initiatives and policies that helped shape the tech and digital landscape in 2023? And how effective do you think they were in driving growth and inclusivity for the industry?
2: I think the most impactful government have been uh, taking the initiatives and the policy implemented is the My Digital National Digital Economy Blueprint. There are six uh, strategic trusts and 22 strategies, 48 national uh, initiatives, and currently, uh, we are, the country is uh, in the phase two of uh, 2023 to 2025, have been moving away from uh, building the digital infrastructure to driving the digital transformation. But today, what we see is with the digital minister coming on board, I would think one of his key tasks should be uh, watch out, look at the, all those implementation of the forty-eight uh, mm. initiative. Mm. If it can really implement it and roll it out, I bet that, you know, the country is in the path of the, mm. the digital transformation. Or else, today as what well, we continue to see while we're submitting any document to government agency. Mm. We still submit uh, digital copy but they still want you to print yes. out huge yes. you know huh? maybe loads of the documentation for them you know what's the point Yeah. so yeah. this is something that the the country had to be moved away from it slows oh, things down yeah. yes yeah. it slows the thing down yeah. uh, and uh, by doing this you know huh? and I will say it also encourages transparency mm, mm. Uh, then I think Others is also the Gendera and the 5G rollout as a both initiative have been uh, increased the connectivity of the riots and the business side. Mm. That is a backbone of the digital economy. Mm. And for the manufacturing, uh, the new industrial master plan was just recently announced. Also, we see manufacturing and the factories should take this advantage of the tax or the grants incentive to roll out their uh, digital transformation roadmap.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. We have to take a short break here, folks. Uh, Welcome to the all-new Enterprise, of course, the show where we help you to navigate the ever-changing universe of business. In the studio with me right now is Ong Chin Xiong, Chairman of the National Tech Association of Malaysia, PCOM, and Amin Ashari, the CEO and co-founder of Soya Chin Chow. Uh, What we're talking about is what to expect in 2024. Uh, We're going to take a short break. We've got some music coming up in just a moment. Stay with us. We'll be right back here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Birkins for Mama. BFM 89.9 The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to the all new Enterprise Explores. I'm Rich Bradbury. It's the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. And today we are exploring the tech and digital economy with Ong Chin Chong, the chairman of the National Tech Association of Malaysia, PCOM, of course, and Amin Ashari, the CEO and co-founder of Soya Chin Chow, about what to expect in 2024. But there are some things that we need to touch back on, of course, from 2023, which seem to be a Problem that don't seem to be going away anytime soon skills gap and talent gap of course and it was something we discussed a lot back in 2023 what do you think are the specific areas where skilled professionals are still needed the most
2: mm. yes in fact the demand for the skilled tech professional is a big gap in yeah. 2023 mm. the supplies is so much shorter than demand right and uh, uh, the, the way that, you know, the PICOM have seen, uh, we have done a survey for the, for the new graduate from the, all the universities that mm. produce the IT graduate. It's about maybe about uh, 37,500 students, new graduate. But 30% will go down south to Singapore. So uh, the main thing is because of the differences of the salary and uh, the the industry, what we've seen is this is a way that, in fact, as an industry and a corporate must be prepared to raise the bar of the salary to all these new graduates. That's a difficult, dis-
1: difficult <laughs> discussion
2: to have, though, right? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> to retain the not? talents.
1: I mean, <laughs> huh? it seems like a very simple solution, but it's yeah. not, is it really? You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it is true.
2: But so what we do is, uh, as a PICOM, is also looking at the anger of, for example, uh, how could we reduce the gap of the, you know, uh, by breaching the gap of these talents when they graduate mm. coming out immediately are uh, they will be able to be productive. Right. So this is the area that we are working with a lot of our university by implementing you know, uh, during the, the training. Mm. So this is something that PICOM and the university are doing currently. Mm-hmm. So imagine 37,500 new graduate. If we can sh- cut short, you see, normally the the members, our members are sh- saying that all these new graduates talk about six months gap for them to be really productive and ready. So if we are able to reduce three months, the three months gap times, they say 37,500 yeah. productivity hours is huge for the country. Mm-hmm. So this is what as a PCOM are doing
1: okay mm. i
2: mean, yeah.
1: thoughts well, on this um, I know you've got some
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I love my country and I've been travelling a lot right? and I, I keep telling people this Malaysia is a treasure trove we mm. have the best seas the best mountains all of uh, um, uh, many Malaysians can speak uh, English and it is a conducive environment for, for businesses to come in and do work and, and, and companies want to come in to Malaysia uh, and Malaysians want to stay in Malaysia and, and contribute to, to, to the economy and to, to, to the nation. What's lacking is, is the incentive and the initiative to, to push this through. And that's, that's the problem. Like we have the, the world's number one um, uh, drone company, mm. homegrown in Malaysia, and imagine if there's enough initiative and incentive we might have a lot more number ones yeah. born here yeah. and it's not because the lack of capability or the lack of infrastructure or the lack of connectivity it's none of that because in in our urban areas in cyberjaya in putrajaya in even here we have enough uh, connectivity power and people and talent to make things happen but there's just no incentive mm by the powers that be to push and to say, hey, guys, let's make this happen and we will take care of you. Mm. And I think that's
1: a problem. It's a, big a frustration. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a huge frustration. Yeah. Um, as a foreigner seeing that <laughs> as well, you know, I'm like, I, I don't understand that you have literally everything here. What's holding you back? I, I don't understand sometimes. <laughs> but I have to move on from that. And yep. we did briefly mention it during the break and you, you kind of touched on it there as mm. well about... You know, digital infrastructure, broadband in particular. Mm. Uh, um, you know, areas of connectivity, and that is causing this uh, gap. Mm. You know, not necessarily a skills gap and knowledge gap, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um, and there are still places like that, yes. right? You, you were talking about it during the break. You just kind of want to briefly run over what you were
0: saying. Yeah, so we were talking about um, 5G and, and, and how that is supposed to connect the rural, con- uh, rural community. The concern here is we are in the urban environment and we have access to a lot of information and data. And uh, a lot of the young people, you know, they can access social media, they can do work. It's easy for them. And the gap is, I would say, small now. But in 2024... The divide will be bigger because the urban environment will just accelerate. We have technologies like AI and and uh, and easy access to information, and they can independently develop a software and then programs, and it's easy. Yeah. But people who are in the rural areas, they have they don't even have the basic necessities. Like, no, let's not even talk about connectivity. They don't even have energy. Mm. Mm. And and there is a lot of of discussion and debacle about okay, who should run five G in the country? Which rural community should get 5G connectivity? And then now we have uh, companies like um, uh, SpaceX coming in with mm. uh, with their own connectivity, which I personally feel is far imp- inferior to what we already have. And then the discussion is, it seems to me like the country is following the um, Silicon Valley mantra of move fast and break, break things. things. Mm. But if we're not careful, we might, break everything Mm. and Mm. for me that that huge gap that that huge gap is going to happen if we do not provide the basic necessity to the rural community Mm. and i think that that needs to be addressed it's frustrating for me because we have the technology and technology is now making it easier for us to do that but it seems that it's
1: more difficult yeah yeah no I, i i completely agree right let's move on then um now, um, let's talk about the expected growth of the Malaysian digital economy in 2024. Are there any revised targets or adjustments based on 2023's performance? In fact, PICOM market
2: research team estimate the digital economy this year will be touching 25.5% this year, which is uh, the, actually one year ahead of the government. Uh, target of when, uh, 25.5% in 2025. Meaning that become is expected this year we are able to touch 25.5% digital economic contribution to the GDP. So it is about 9.5% growth overall and values at about 469.5 billion ringgit Malaysia. So this is what uh, PICOM see is a bullish area in the digital economy.
1: Mm. I mean, Well,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we can stretch. Uh, mm. We can stretch, definitely. Um, it's great that we're achieving this target ahead of mm. time. Mm. But the question is, did we underestimate our capability? And, you know, it's, there's a lot of things that's going on, right? So we had the pandemic, we had like, what, four, five, six changes of government. Mm. Uh, That stability is not there. Mm. And it's great, despite all that, that we were able to meet the target ahead of what the government has Mm. foreseen. But I can't help but think that, you know, if we get our things together, we get our ministries together, get our uh, digital identity uh, together and, implement that quickly, properly, with the uh, proper re- legislation, with the p- p- proper minist- ministries and power, we, we can become so much bigger. and And I just want people to realise that potential. And it's great because despite what has happened, the private sector has been moving forward and achieving the target. But it has to come hand in hand. So the other party, the powers that be, need to be, Mm. To be in tune with the private sector that's moving mm. forward, mm. because if they're moving forward and they're moving fast, and they don't have a runway or they don't have the uh, incentives, uh, initiative, they will
1: just go elsewhere. I mean, we've been having this discussion, right? I mean, if, if we just look over the the last year and maybe the last couple of years, uh, you mentioned it earlier on. We saw AWS come in. We've seen Tesla come in, Nvidia coming in. You mm. know, all these FDI is great. Mm. But local talent and local mm. skills and local businesses, you know, are kind of being overshadowed because we're lo- like you say we're looking at these Silicon Valley companies as like this shining star, mm. when really there is a lot of stuff here, homegrown, that is ready to be used. Correct? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Right. Let's take a short break on that, and we'll come back in a few minutes. Folks, you are, of course, tuned into the all-new Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. We'll be back in just a few minutes here on Enterprise on BFM 89.9. Burger, fries, Milo, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Enterprise Explores here on BFM, the show where we help you navigate the ever changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. Today, uh, we are exploring the tech and digital economy with Ong Chin Seong, Chairman of the National Tech Association of Malaysia, PCOM, of course, and Amin Ashari, the CEO and co founder of Soya Chin Chow, uh, and what to expect in 2024. We've had some spicy conversation so far, but of course, there is plenty more to come uh, before we move any further. Uh, And I guess one of the things I want to talk about, and and this is an ongoing conversation, um, you know, when it comes to challenges and opportunities with things like cybersecurity threats. And Mm -hmm. we've mentioned, I think, I mean, we've had you on a previous show discussing this, Mm -hmm. I I think, um, things that don't seem to be going away. And we briefly mentioned today about how individuals are now taking it much more on board and they're much more aware of their rights when it comes to their digital data and one thing. But what steps do you think the government are taking and, and private industry is taking to help mitigate the risks that we could fall prey to? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very tough
0: question. <laughs> uh, maybe CS can...
2: Yeah, I think uh, first thing I think, uh, maybe we look at the opportunities. Yeah. Mm. What are the opportunities coming out, in fact, from 2023, and we can see 2024 is going to be continued due to the the cloud services, AI compute, uh, uh, government uh, committed on the the clouds deployments. This is the transformation. So you see the data centers yeah. is uh, coming out in a very big way. But I would say there is also a challenges for, as a country. You had to look at uh, the countries would you wanted to be invited,? 100 you know, percent of uh, these uh, foreign countries coming in to you know, participate 100% percent. Uh, there are certain, certain business opportunities that I would say today. It should be combined with the foreign and the local companies to participate in certain segments and the business opportunity. The reason is because all of us here, the local companies are here for long terms, contribute the tax to the countries, and this is what the country are able to be appreciate the mm. currency. Mm. If you have continue have the incomes coming to stay in Malaysia. So I would say uh, the government policy had to be very carefully drafted. What is long terms for the country? Not looking at the short term. Mm. Uh, so it is something that I see. Mm.
1: So I mean you just mm. completely tied to my question. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I, I agree with that, and yeah. I, I think policy needs to be looked at generally. Mm, and yeah. I think there'll be mm. a lot of people, economists in particular, here in who would absolutely agree with you on that. Yeah. But when, but I, I want to touch on security. and ah, okay, know, cyber security. I, I do think that's an important aspect, mm, yeah. you know, because mm. we've seen so many failures over the last couple of years, mm. not just the last, you know, oh, the last decade. Yeah. You know, how what are we going to do about it? Is is I guess the, the broader question. Mm. Um.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, from from what we can see uh, from the data on our website is that the awareness has heightened. People are now more sensitive about their their privacy and their data, they are more wary about being scammed and all that. Yeah. And and what the, the data is also showing is that sometimes when we think about people being scammed, we always think, oh, it's the old Machi that's uh, you know, unassuming, that's easily scammed. Mm. Actually that's that's not what's happening. Right. It is the professionals. It is the the uh, the the love scams. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's people who, who who are working. And I can guarantee I can tell you now I've had two weeks off work and I've had four or five of those kind of messages via yeah. my WhatsApp, via my Instagram. Yeah you know and it starts off with like oh hi and it gives you a name yeah you know sorry wrong number yes that's that's the new one right yes that's the most popular one right yeah. now so it's an investment scam um yeah. I forgot what was
0: it called so it's uh it's it's akin to fattening the pig so what happens is okay if you reply so they will message you and say oh you know what I'm actually doing some investments mm, why don't mm, you join me mm. put in some money and it it all looks legit but it goes into a fake account mm. but it looks legit and it looks like oh you're, you're actually get, getting getting fifty percent you Returns from your investment in just six months, mm. and you put in more, put in more, put in more. Suddenly, that person disappears, yeah. Yeah. and uh, you cannot mm. do that with the machi. Mm. So, it is the professionals that that's getting yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. What I see is okay for us to move forward. We need we need to look what has happened before, and sometimes we we forget to pat ourselves in the back as a nation. And I would like to say this: we've went through a change in government in the smoothest way possible. Everybody thought that it's going to be like uh, 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 riots and everything, but it didn't. And what that shows is that we can change for the better as a country. Mm. And what the government needs to realise in 2024 is that there has never been an alignment this close between what the public wants and what the government wants to do. Mm. The problem is, how do we do it together? Mm. Both of us, like the public... The, yeah, they are ready for digitalization. they are ready to, to for can, connectivity they are ready to adopt 5G they are ready <laughs> to, <laughs> to invest and they want it and the private sector is the same yeah, they are ready yeah. for deployment of the technology because like I said we are a tri- uh, we are a very fertile ground people speak English cost is not as expensive as everywhere else we have good energy we have good data we, go- we have good solar and it's just a matter of, okay, this is what we want to do. The government seems to feel like okay, this is what we want to do as well, but we're not moving forward together. Mm. and And we need to look back and say, hey if we can change governments easily, we can also change pace easily. <laughs> it's just a matter of getting everything together mm. and get it, getting mm. it done. Mm. Yeah. Actually you were shocked. you know the cyber crime cost
2: was projected to touch USD 10.5 trillion. Wow. globally by 2025 and representing a 15 percent annual increase in spending yeah mm. so I think all the corporate uh, and the SME industry to as per today mm. they are putting a lot of emphasis on the cyber security protections mm. education and awareness and implement many compliances uh, compliance processes so all this, It's important to, you know, to prevent you get hacked from this
1: cyber attack. Mm. I I think we've probably just got time for for one more question because I've got about three minutes left. Uh, And it's going to be about our positioning within Southeast Asia and in Mm. terms of, you know, the digital economy here in Malaysia. What can we do differently or how can we kind of leverage on regional collaborations um, to help with what we already have, do you think? Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> Malaysia government, in
2: fact, the friendly policies approach during the current trade war, and uh, actually we see from the both countries, you know, huh, There are a lot of uh, investment coming into Malaysia. Mm. Take Malaysia as a south uh, to to go to a center to go for the Southeast Asia market. So this is fantastic mm. that we have seen, uh, and also uh, we, the industry in fact can leverage on the PICOM as a member of a world innovation and uh, this technology alliance network, and also the regional network such as uh, ASUSIO, that is Asian uh, Oceanic Computing Industry Organization and in Asia. Uh, this APITA. So we have linked with all this counterpart across the region as our primary export market. Mm. So this is something that uh, P- uh, the industry can
0: leverage on the pcom Okay. To work okay. on.
1: I mean, I can give you two minutes. Um,
0: <laughs> well, we, we are the most populous region in the, in the world. Yeah. Um, and yes, we need to work together. Uh, different countries in the region need to work together so that foreign investors see us as a, a a unit rather than separate countries because you know they can pander to our differences and it it's, it's going to benefit them. Mm. So for me, that's the the core issue. Um, the Southeast Asian region, yeah, we are friendly with everybody uh, with our neighbors and all that mm. stuff, but we're still very competitive. Yeah, mm. and. I I know that that, uh, environment is difficult. So our powers that be, our government needs to be strategic in terms of how to work together. Because if Thailand can make it work, Mm. if Indonesia can make it work, if Singapore can make it work,
1: Malaysia can make it Mm. work. Because we have everything in place. Lovely. On that note, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me here on the show today. Thank you. Thank Um, you, Richard. It's fun, it's fun. It's been (laughs) fun indeed. Folks, (laughs) I've been speaking with Ong Chin Xiong, the chairman of the National Tech Association of Malaysia, PECOM, and Amin Ashari, the CEO and co-founder of Soya Chin Chow. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. You can also find our shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast players. Just search for Enterprise Explores. Looking ahead, of course, we've got the Breakfast Grill replay after the one PM News Bulletin. Now, listed on the main market, Icon Offshore has been pivoting from being a pure offshore uh, support vessel, an OSV uh, player, into a diversified entity in the offshore drilling business. The managing director of Icon Offshore, shared with us this morning if they have any renewable energy plans and what his outlook is on the oil and gas sector moving forward. Do join us, same time, same place tomorrow, of course, for Enterprise Explores. My name is Rich Bradbury. This is BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
0: You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download
2: the BFM app.